you called us to be a family, yet four, four miscarriages. Where's, where's your plan? Where's your love? And I was just so full of anger when so many was worshiping God. I was depressed, angry, furious for a split second. I wanted to walk away from God. Welcome to Let's Walk It Out, a podcast devoted to sharing the faithfulness of God during the most heartbreaking and challenging times of people's lives. Our time together will be real. You may hear kids playing, ugly crying, or snorts from laughter. I guarantee that you will feel encouraged and inspired by what God is doing in the lives of everyday people. I'm your host, Melina Brocht. Together, let's walk out this journey we call Life in Christ. My name is Melina Brock. If this is your first time joining us, um, we are so excited that you are here. This is episode, I believe it's going to be episode five in our one season series. Um, and if you have not already listened to our other podcasts, please get a chance, um, if you do, to go back and listen and be inspired by those amazing stories. Um, and I'd really like to introduce to you my special guest, Aaron. Um, let me make sure I say the name, your last name right. Is it Eric Bowman? You got it. Aaron Bowman. Yes. So you think it like, like how it looks is how it sounds, but my name is Melena and it's not phonetically correct. And so I have to always ask. Well, a lot of times people would say Bowman or Bowman because it's technically spelled like man, but. <laughs> Very cool. I'm excited to hear that. Um, and so I'm really excited to have him on the show today because he has a very uh, unique perspective um, into a very specific thing that is becoming more and more common, um, more than I'd like it to be common in America. And so we're going to go into that in just a little bit. Um, but Aaron, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah, um, well, as you said, my name is Aaron Bowman. Um, yep, my name is Aaron Bowman. And here I can move my mic closer to me. And, um, well, I am a middle child who's actually a millennial as well. So, you know, that brings a lot of different funny <laughs> aspects. Um, but, yep, and I am also married to someone that is also named Erin. Um, oh, and, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yep, her name's Erin, and she's short with dirty hair, blonde, blonde hair, just like me. So I'm going to tell but, her you said she had dirty hair. I'm going to tell her. No, joking. <laughs> well, at least she washes it. Mine's like all completely. I need a haircut. Um, but yep, um, we've been married and um, we met at college at USF when I got a youth ministry degree. And uh, we've been together. Um, oh, I should have thought of that before. <laughs> um, but we've been uh, we've been married for um two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine years. Um, wow. Congratulations. And <laughs> yeah, what is USF? You. Just so I know. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Um, University of Sioux Falls. Okay. Um, yep. And got my master's at Sioux Falls Seminary. And where is that um, located? What state? Uh, South Dakota. South Dakota. All right. Yes. Um, believe it or not, we finally have electricity to do all this. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yep. Uh, but we're born, I was called into ministry, um, my wife and I, and right now I am a 
substitute teacher mm-hmm. while I do ministry on the side, and we can talk more um, on that. Or, um, but yeah, yeah um, well, I tell do, me a little bit about like, do you have kids? Um, yes, and part of the story in there, we actually have um, we have uh, five kids. Um, but they, it's part of the story and I'll explain that. And it kind of involves a little testimony and everything. It's kind of impactful, but we do have five kids, um, and love them to death. Um, and yes, that is a, sounds like a big number. And, um, I'm 32, I think, um, (laughs) (laughs) um, as soon as you hit 30, you kind of forget. Right. You just stop counting. (laughs) So like I made it to 30. Um, So, but. Otherwise, um, see what else is there? Um, but yeah, uh, have ministry in my heart. I have done school assemblies. I have, um, spoken at many, I've been youth pastors at different churches. Um, and I've always had a passion to follow God and trust in him and speak my story and get in his word. And I love it. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. So I, um, have briefly seen some of your stuff online um, and kind of tell me a little bit about your ministries at C3 Ministries. Is that right? Uh, close. Close. close? M3. M3. Um, M3. Yep. Uh, M3, it actually stands for, this might help, Making Mountains Move. All right. Yep. Um, it's based off Matthew 17, 20. Um, Jesus tells his disciples when they are struggling um to get demons out of a possessed person um, is they struggle. And Jesus tells them when you have faith, the size of a mustard seed, you can command mountains to move. It's Matthew 17, 20, the size of a mustard seed. Now my ministry is not about um, exercising demons. It is about (laughs) strengthening faith. Um, Yes. And a big part, it's a speaking ministry. And I speak at camps and everything. And it comes part of my story, but the big part of strengthening faith to build hope and joy in Jesus Christ, especially with those that suffer through depression and deal with suicide. It's very relevant, especially um, with last year's losses of ministry leaders as well as Mm -hmm. suicide. Absolutely. So do you mostly um, minister to ministers or do you minister to the general public or... Um, I do minister. It's my main focus have been more. It just happened to be millennial to uh, high school. And there they yeah. do. But there has been a lot of ministers that just help where you just when you tell your ministry, it's like, hey, this is what we're doing. They sit there. I've had about five, six ministers tell me I deal with depression. Yeah. And people don't realize that even though you get taught that if you have Jesus, you won't suffer their depression. Mm -hmm. That's been proven. That's not true. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we know there's so many different causes to depression. Um, but we, no matter what the cause is, we know that it can impact our daily life. It can incapacitate us. It can really impact our relationship with others in Christ. And so that's very important that, um, your ministry is pursuing that. Um, and you were also formerly a youth pastor, Mm-hmm. Correct. Um, how long did you do that? Um, I did it for a church. Um, this before I did school assemblies for about th- two, three years um, at a smaller church called Common Ground. 
Um, Great. They're no longer, yep, they're no longer here. The pastors moved and became missionaries, and right. um, I think another church meets there. I'm not sure. Okay. Um, yeah. But yeah, and uh, it was a small youth group. I was there for two years. Then my wife and I did school assemblies right. uh, for a year. And then when we came back, I became a youth pastor for Harvest Church, right. um, which I believe that's where we met in Oklahoma. Yes. Uh, yes mm-hmm. Took the youth of, I had a, the big giant youth group of 15 kids. Hey, that's uh, huge. <laughs> um, but hey, South Dakota, that is actually really big no, or decent. Um, but yep, I was a youth pastor for their mentor training um, and then just hanging out with youth. Uh, throwing flour at each other Um, (laughs) but otherwise I've also worked at juvenile placements and helped kids that um, may have made um, poor decisions or just had uh, tough life situations where just circumstances hit them and yeah they looking for a better life life and help provide that and so all of that is for parity for where you are today, man. Now, I think a majority of people that go into youth ministry, they don't ever imagine themselves maybe staying in it. It's so challenging. Um, but also just because, like, I think many times um, it can, I don't know, it's much tougher than people realize it is. And so... Um, being a teenager is not easy for the teenager, nor is it for the youth pastor. <laughs> and so um, my husband and I, um, if listeners don't know, we were youth pastors for, he was nine years and I was five of that. And, um, but we know that God used that entire time to prepare us for where we're today. Um, so speaking of where we are today, um, you were talking about your ministry, M3, and about how it was really talking about having the faith of a mustard seed um, and telling a mountain to move. And so it sounds like you might have some personal experience with that. Um, Why don't you tell me a little bit about that? Absolutely. And it actually involves um, the story, how I said we have five kids. Right. Um, Well, just like most parents uh, or families, when my wife and I – First, we're introduced. I mean, everyone wants to start a family in high school. You have those dreams. Well, when it starts getting real, it's when I was actually a youth pastor. People start asking, well, when are you going to have kids? Mm-hmm. Um, when you're you going to do it? And then you have parents on both sides. We're ready to be grandma. You've been married for so long. <laughs> What's going on? Um, and, of course, I'm like, I'm not telling you. <laughs> um, but uh, we've got a lot of pressure about that um having kids having kids and we decide that okay we are ready for family um god placed on our heart and we are at that yeah um we were at that start where we were gonna sit there and it's like okay let's start a family yeah well god placed on our heart but when you talk about it and you hear that news um i'm pregnant it it brings a completely different fear now tell me, what? How old were you, and how long have you been married by this point? Um, let's see. I believe I was tw- about 28, and we've been married. Um, I'm probably gonna say this wrong, but about six, seven. Um, yeah, I think that's wrong. Uh, six, five years, five. Okay. About around there. Um, 
maybe tell my wife to not critique on the accuracy too much. <laughs> it's all right. Around that stage. So you're not married Around for 20 that years. And, you yeah, know. I was, yeah, we were under 30. Um, it was below the 30 era. Uh, but um, we found that news, and she came to me and said, I'm pregnant. Well, of course, being a millennial, um, I was playing my video game there because millennials don't do that. A panic kind of comes up. I mean, I was happy. I was excited. But the panic, oh, no. Are we ready for this? And this fear came on. Well, then we kind of calmed down. This is when the kind of the impact happened, when people were getting kind of excited, when we were somewhat slowly telling people. Um we actually lost our first child and that got really tough um how far along was your wife do you know uh, it was uh i think that was our first child was a month that that one i may not quote she aaron would um aaron my wife would know a lot better um yeah i'm not no it's okay yeah, You're I don't good. remember much of the times on that, but we did just find out we lost a child. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we found that out, of course, we find comfort, look for help or just even prayer just to talk to people. And many people, best intentions. Um, you got the response. Uh, doctors say, hey, I know it's hard. First miscarriage, it happens a lot. Um, it does happen. Um so don't worry. There's nothing wrong with you. Um, just giving that comfort. But then you have a lot of people that kind of talk to you and saying, hey, it's okay. It just wasn't meant to be. Um, God has a better, a, a different plan, a better plan. These things that were intentional, uh, it gave little comfort, but not yeah. too much. Um, but we were able to recover in there. And then... A few months later, we find out we're going to have a second child. Mm -hmm. Um, This baby, we're coming um, and we're pregnant again. And of course, we're excited. And then even in less time, we find Mm -hmm. out we're going to lose that child. And it was even less than the first time. Um, This time, it hit us a lot harder. It did impact but we still went to doctors and they still said us yes it's a little rare but it still happens to miscarriages it happens um this one actually hit us really hard because when we were looking for prayer and looking for help a lot of people came to us and even opening up a lot of people said you need more faith Mm. or you don't have enough faith and when you hear that, you're like, what? Yeah. Uh, it's like, what do you mean? You don't have enough faith. Sounds like shaming almost. Uh, a little bit. Um, and you get that guilt. And um, what was tough too is we're trying to support each other. Uh, my wife, it, it hits her hard. Um, and then it also hits um, me hard in a different role and angle. Um and after a while, I start opening up, and actually, it was a meeting in a class. We were kind of just discussing a pastor that I only met once. Um, he was a pastor in a different state. Don't even remember which state. Don't remember his name. But we were discussing, and I opened up. We um, went through a miscar- miscarriages, 
and in a ministry group together, um, thought I would be safe. Well, the pastor actually interrupted me right in the middle when I said miscarriages, and he told me that affects your wife more than you. You need to get over it and mm. help your wife. Wow. And of course I was with the group. It wasn't a sport. It was just a seminary class. So of course I had my uh, kind of put my emotion on the side and said, yep, you're absolutely right. I know. Um, I'll just give an example in there. When realistically um, right. I did not, I did. I want to do the unchristian thing and really <laughs> kind of smack them in the head. Like, really? You, you just met me less than 24 hours, like, because this was the second t- class. We were having a class about heaven um, in there, and you put that on me. So it actually put a guilt on me, mm. saying that I can't feel anything because my wife needs the support. And that was really hard it it just hit me and put anger and guilt and shame and put this huge aspect in my heart well then the next part that was hard is eventually we found out we were gonna have another baby a third Mm -hmm. time and of course you have that excitement this is our third baby and we sit there excited and um can't wait but then of course we hear the news Mm. not even a close to a heartbeat I think that one was even I can't remember if it's that one that was only two weeks we just um come in and they did a sonar and it or an ultrasound and even though they said that the baby we just felt something wrong the nurse actually knew, but she couldn't tell us because she was just there to do it. And she had, we had to wait for the doctor. And I was at work after that, came back to work. They called me. Um, I was working at a um, warehouse with furniture. Mm-hmm. Um, and my wife had to leave a message saying, we lost this baby. This, um, there's nothing there. Um so of course that hit and I, I worked where I probably could have got off, but I felt like they would not let me have the rest of the day off. So I had to work with that news the rest of the day where my wife was at home by herself. And I got that. Didn't even tell anyone about that one um, until way later. Uh, did not tell anyone. Um, my wife actually experienced a little bit going to kind of a small group and she even opened up about it and someone that was very trusting because we didn't go to her right away. She yelled at my wife um, saying, why didn't you tell me you should have told me mm-hmm. she had a lot of guilt um, and it was hard to open up. Mm-hmm. And that one, we kept kind of a big secret Um and didn't tell anyone. So, Aaron, tell me, during these times um, of just loss after loss after loss, what were the conversations happening between you and her wife? And what were the conversations happening between you and the Lord at that time? With me and my what wife. What did they look like? Um, it was a lot of kind of, there wasn't much talk, but kind of holding. I mean, there was talk, but at first, 
it was just kind of the embracing each other. Um, mm. We found out about the third one. She ran into the office, our, my office, and just hug, hugging it out, crying, um, tearing up. Um, took two or three days. Then we kind of discussed, um, talked about, do we want to keep trying? What do we do? And just trying to listen to each other. Um, I really tried hard not to try to fix things because mm. one, I'm going through emotion. Um, yes, it hurt, but going even just in education, which is blessing of ministry and just experience, you do learn people need to grieve, not there. And that's huge in family. And then you also recognize that within yourself, um, you can't fix it. You can't. Um, and that's okay to admit it. You can't fix it. Now with God, um, and you'll see there's different conversations we had in each loss. Right. Um, Walk me through those. What did those look like? Yep. The first one, um, it, it was pretty simple to say, okay, this hurts, this hits, um, it is hard, but we'll still praise you. It, it, mm-hmm. You hear the news, it's, it happens, it's okay, um, and we're fine. Um, we still worship, it's easier to accept. The second, um, you kind of notice a huge kind of impact where it goes, I'll still praise you, but you get kind of a lamenting anger building. Mm-hmm. Um especially when I was starting to struggle with we felt ready and called Mm. we went through this debate and you sit there and there were moments um it's like god why Mm -hmm. why and it it hurts it hits you so hard that it's you you kind of struggle with your faith a little bit absolutely you yeah you question does god care or there was even some thought about is there god like mm-hmm. why would he call you for this yet here you are taking these children away mm-hmm. and that was kind of the process it it got harder and harder even though i'm still um, and the, even at these two, I was actually going through seminary at the same time. And this made it even really hard because I'm studying, getting this degree, getting deep in your word, and you're causing me this hurt at the exact same time. How am I supposed to be passionate about studying and getting mm. in for you and following your calling when it feels like you're supposed to be a god of your word a covenant and yet are you right and at that moment at that stage that's how i felt absolutely so kind of going on that was the third miscarriage um we it was a few months later it was um Try to remember in August, it was about Labor Day. I don't, I'm blanking out on the year 2016. Um, it was Labor Day weekend. Uh, and South Dakota d- 
does this festival called Life Light. It's not that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of reduced in there, but it was a big Christian free festival. Yeah. Um, and I help out. Um, they help out me a lot too. But we just before that, about a month before we found out we were going to have a fourth child. Um, there was a fourth child and. This was a little different. Erin was excited, but I told her, I wish I can, but yeah. I have this fear. We're not, we're, I have a fear. It's not going to happen. Yeah. It's my, my faith was actually kind of gone. Yeah. And I, I'm not l- laughing because there it's no. just awkward, but my faith was gone. Uh, so I'm like, I can't get attached to this child i i can't and that actually kind of hurt me and it still kind of hurts me right now in that thinking but i had that feeling i can't get attached because yeah i'm probably gonna lose it that's what god's been doing mm. and sure enough um the friday the first night of the life light festival that i helped that i was helping with my wife came in we lost the child mm. and I kind of had that reverse well I kind of knew it God took this child away too didn't in there and even it didn't click right away that Friday because I'm helping out this festival um doing this a lot of ministers because I usually help with prayer team they kind of looked at me because they're like we need you to pray and I'm like no uh, no, not tonight. I am in no way going to pray mm. for healing for others when I go. And they don't know. Um, the person that was helping had an idea because I kept him informed. He was the one few people that I let know. Um, but otherwise, a lot of the leaders like look at me. Really, you're not going to pray for these people? And I, I just walked away from them. It's I'm just here. I'm carrying water. I'm transporting. I'll go pick up something um, if they need it, but I'm not gonna pray for someone for their healing when I'm searching for healing right now. And it hasn't hit, but it has hit my wife. Um, and even that weekend while I'm helping, I gave her kind of my backstage pass because there was big um concerts we got backstage pass for their food i said you enjoy yourself don't even though you signed up to volunteer don't volunteer just enjoy yourself go to the backstage and just do that i will do all the work um just trying to stay busy yeah stay busy um and with all that um it was sunday uh, that Sunday, um, there was the global worship. Um, and what they did every year is they brought different worship teams from different sides of the country. We usually sing a popular, I call it a Chris Tomlin song. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but they were singing it, different languages, praising hands. And while everyone was praising God on the stage, this big stage, a big, huge there, um, video and everything I was looking in the field away from everybody not praising God but yelling at God in my head not out loud I was still in church wearing my or 
um, around churches. I had my sunglasses just sitting there while everyone was standing praising, um, sitting there looking out in the field, um, wiping tears when they passed the lens, um, and sitting there. It finally clicked. We lost a child. And even though I said, I'm not going to be attached, it hit me. And I really started yelling at God. Hi, friends. I wanted to take a quick break to say thank you for listening to the Let's Walk It Out podcast. This podcast is one of many resources I have been led to create in order to strengthen, comfort, and encourage the body of Christ with each other and their relationship with Christ. You can find all of my resources, such as weekly blog posts, encouraging content, YouTube videos, and much more at melanabrock.wordpress.com. Again, that is M-A-L-A-N-A-B-R-A-C-H-T dot wordpress.com. Now enjoy the rest of this episode. God, why? What's your big plan here? Do you not love us? Do we do something wrong? Um, I thought that all changed. That was your son. He changed that. Where is your calling? You called us to be a family, yet four, four miscarriages. Where's, Where's your plan? Where's your love? And I was just so full of anger when so many was worshiping God. I was depressed, angry, furious. For a split second, I wanted to walk away from God. I I was done. Called into ministry in high school, going to college while in seminary. And at a split second, I wanted to call it quits. It's like, what's the point? And when that happened in an instant, I had these words in my head, these words that were put in my head, give me faith and I will give you joy. Mm, That's That's it. it. It kept repeating, but it kept hearing, give me faith. And I will give you joy. And what's funny, it didn't feel like it was telling me in a Aslan Liam Neeson <laughs> Right. Um, but it wasn't a comfort. Hey, Aaron, give me faith and I'll give you joy. No, it felt like it was being yelled at me. Give me faith and I will give you joy. And that was it. And even though I was being yelled at, I didn't get that feeling like most um, millennials. When you get yelled at, <laughs> um, you're like, really? Really? That That's insulting to me. It was a no. parent voice. Uh, authority yeah. voice. It, yeah. Well, and it wasn't even like angelic or anything. It was just no echoey, like the mic, hello, hello. hello. <laughs> It was just a straightforward voice. It was just the thought, give me faith and I will give you joy. And 
even though there were some tears, I randomly smiled. Um, and You're like, I can do that. <laughs> it, it just comfort. I actually didn't know what that meant. It's like, give me faith and I will give you joy. So um, for me, I told my wife and the last miscarriages she did name to help her comfort, she named the children lost right. because at the beginning and there, um, we consider them our children. Absolutely. Well, I named the last one. And if you kind of catch, give me faith. Don't, don't do that yet. Don't tell everyone yet. So tell what happens after the fourth baby. And then we uh, can say that part. <laughs> well, after the fourth baby. Well, that's the, what I was going to say. We named the baby Faith. Didn't know what that meant, but it's that representation. We gave God faith. Absolutely. Yes. That's didn't good. know where the joy meant. We honestly didn't know. But there was a comfort. Something lifted. And I felt so much better and so much, and I was able to pray more, um, pray for people that day. It, it just it seemed smoother. It was a completely 180 from these three days. And within a five minute angry prayer, it completely changed to 180. And I was able to pray for others and help others and mentioned mention it there was still emotion a little bit of understandable anger but it was just the frustration anger um but still healing you feel so much better and comforted and we went in um finished the day and it was that night was actually able to finish the festival and enjoy my backstage pass finally that I was supposed to enjoy uh I think Lecrae played that and even though I don't like rap very much I went backstage um hung out met Michael W. Smith that day um just for a split second mm -hmm. um, I think my mom was more jealous than anything <laughs> I'm like ah! <laughs> um but it was just I was able to enjoy it well that night we were driving home and I was able to talk to my um, wife and we, she came to me um, and talked how she doesn't know what to do. We may have to adopt. And I mentioned to her and talked and let her talk to me. Cause we kind of mentioned that in the past. It's like, we may have to adopt. I that might be our only choice. The doctors don't know why. They've told us that. Um, we've been tested. We've been asked. There's little things, but nothing like major. And doctors don't know why we're not having a child. Nothing's working. And we, she thought we might have to adopt a child. And I told her. Um, and I told her the story. I was angry at God, God, and we were both kind of, but I prayed and told her the same story I just told you. And I told her, I think we need to name this child that we just lost faith. We need to give God faith. And in somehow, some way through this situation, we will gain joy. 
And um, I even mentioned uh, that I believe in the future we need to try. We, I don't think we're done yet. I, I think God is still going to do something. So let's hold up on adoption. Uh, adoption's great, but I think we're going to enter it for the wrong reason if we do it right now. And I don't think that's what we're supposed to do. Um, so let's just try this out. Let's give God faith, name our last child Faith. We believe she was a girl, and we'll just name her Faith and see what this joy God brings. Well, going on and moving on, um, we eventually experience this joy in a unique way. We tried again, and we were blessed finding out that we are going to have another child. But things changed. There was still panic. There was still nervousness. But I was no longer, I'm not getting attached. There was, okay, something's going to happen. Otherwise, I guess we're not supposed to have biological children if nothing happens. But I think something's going to happen. And um, I'm sitting there, we're praying. And sure enough, after one week, two weeks, three week, weeks, these markers that were important markers for us in the past, we've been able to pass them. Mm. And eventually, the amazing thing is, we heard a heartbeat for the very first time. Mm. Um, and we were sitting there and praying and something I helped. I actually told my wife before we even started that night, I believe we're going to have a baby girl. And she, she's always wanted to, she had a specific name if we had a girl. Well, we heard this heartbeat, this growing heartbeat and getting bigger. Um, the baby um, <laughs> in there. Um, the baby's getting bigger and growing and it's getting further. And sure enough, within this year, year and a half, even the doctors were saying, uh, I think you're going to have a boy. And I even said, no, we're not. No, it it's a girl. Um, because what's funny, when we're doing this ultrasound, the baby was moving and Apparently, she had morals where she would cover herself. <laughs> so that's why might be a boy. We don't know because she's very decent. And it's like, no, that's very inappropriate. So she would cover herself when we're trying to find out. But she's growing and we were sitting there and I said, no, we're going to have a baby girl. Well, she actually came a few weeks early um but eventually we were given the gift where we gave god faith well he gave us claudia joy bowman oh yay go jesus <laughs> so awesome. we learned um give god faith and he will give us joy and he fulfilled his promise and he gave us joy and she was Claudia 
Now, I believe that was kind of how does this interact with M3 and Faith? I believe that was your question. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, we're about strengthening Faith, not giving more Faith or finding Faith. It's strengthening Faith. Because through this situation, through these miscarriages and this hurt, we didn't have faith and we were losing faith more than anything. And we only had a little faith. And in that situation, in that learning, it wasn't about seeking God for a future in this mindset that, well, we just got to keep seeking. We got to have faith. It's more about keeping that little faith and having it stronger, not more, but strength and putting God in the moment right there, not seeking God for a purpose, but finding purpose right there in the moment and finding God at that situation. Mm -hmm. And through that little faith, we made that mountain move. Praise God. In the formation of making mountains move. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story about Miss Claudia and you and your wife and your journey, especially of infertility. Um, you know, it's you don't get to hear um, the perspective of the father very often when it comes to infertility and loss. Um, and They've very much been, fathers have been very much overlooked um, in this area, whether it's in research or in support systems or even just in, you know, advice or a a safe place to talk about these things. Um, And then if you add the fact of being in ministry and always feeling like you have to be the strong ones for other people um, because they're going through stuff and so you're not allowed to go through stuff, which is not true either. Um, If anything, it also, it honestly empowers us to help them even more because we can actually have compassion, Um, you know, and so I really appreciate, you know, you sharing your perspective of that because it's much needed, Um, you know. Regrettably, you know, statistically, this is carnally, this isn't God's truth, but carnally, one in four women experience infertility or loss. And that is a huge statistic. So if you think of that and how many fathers are involved, there is a huge population that is not getting heard, not getting ministered to in this area. Um, And so I appreciate you being vulnerable and being willing to share that because that's something that's very needed. Um, you know, especially with faith, faith can be such a, um, not controversial topic, but I think a topic that can be divisive at times because there's some, you know, areas in Christianity where they feel like, you know, um, if you just have enough faith, you know, you'll get the house and nothing will ever go wrong and you'll never experience sickness and people will never die of cancer, you know, and all those things. Um, So we make it a lot of times about works and about our abilities and our actions. Um, And if we know the gospel, the gospel is completely opposite. The gospel is about God's works and God's actions and God's faith towards us. Um, and even just the prodigal son, you know, it's not about the prodigal son. It's about the faithful father, 
you know, and so, you know, faith is a very beautiful thing. You know, at the end of the day, it's just trust. You know, I have trust in the character of God. I have trust that he is good, whether I'm experiencing good things or not, <laughs> you know, because um, I've definitely been there. Um, and I know many other people who are listeners right now have been there, you know, and I believe there's also listeners right now who are in that place of I'm ready to end all of this or I am I'm done whether it's with ministry or with marriage or with trying to have children or honestly to believe God at his word, I'm done because I haven't seen it. Um, and, you know, but then there's people who are on the other side of that, like you, who have walked through that and um, has gotten to the other side of that because it is a journey. It doesn't just happen overnight. Um what would you say to those individuals who are in that place right now of just being at their end? Like, what would you say to them? Um, and a lot of times when we are at that end, we have the idea, what's the purpose? Mm-hmm. And what a lot of times I would tell them, especially when they're at that end, when they're sitting there, I can't find a purpose. There is no purpose for me. If God created me for a purpose, I don't want anything to do with it, and I'm done. This is what I want to say to them. It's not always about God creating you for a purpose, Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. he didn't create us out of agenda. That's good. Mm -hmm. He created us for him. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And... but purpose is still involved. Yes. God created us with purpose, not for a purpose. So explain what that means. What that means, and it changes everything, is when you're created for a purpose, like out of an agenda, it's you have a job. But when you're, you're a created, tool. Would you say yeah, that? Yeah, a you're hammer. a tool. A hammer is created originally to pound things. Now you can pull nails out or stuff, but it's for a purpose. And when you're done, you put it on the shelf until you need it. That's not how God works. But when you're created with purpose, rather than you being an agenda, you are in constant use, but in growth and movement because you are no longer focused for um, what God placed me but you become focused, God's right here, and there's always an impact. There's Mm -hmm. always a change. We're no longer searching for a reason for being here. We already have the reason. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's just in that word and that mindset, it makes a huge difference. You're no longer trying to find a way out, but rather exploring we're living right now. There is life right now. It may be tough, but there is light right now. Rather than looking for a light, there is light. God did not create darkness and light. He, there was darkness, and he created light out of darkness. Mm. And when we live with purpose, God is creating light within that darkness. And we become that light. 
it gives another meaning of Jesus saying, you are the light of the world. Amen. And I would even go a step further and say, you know, instead of just being a tool that the Lord has that he can just sit aside whenever he wants, you're actually his hand. He Mm -hmm. can't, he can't sit his hand down, you know, you know, it's always a part of him. It's always with him. And we're always in close intimacy with the father, whether we feel like his hand that day or not, you know? Um, And so I, I really appreciate that. Um, so in saying that, thank you again so much for being on the show today. Oh, and thank you for having me. That God is going to do amazing things um, with this for individuals struggling with a multitude of things, not just infertility. Um, you know, and I think the heart behind all of this um, that we discussed today is that Jesus is the answer. You mm-hmm. know, not getting our prayers answered, but Jesus is the answer. Um, and so when we pursue that, the rest comes, right? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all the rest shall be added, right? Um, never says Absolutely. how that's going to be happen. Um, <laughs> he never says what that journey might look like um, <laughs> to the rest shall be added. Um, but we can find that contentment in Christ alone. Um, and so where can people find you and find out more about your ministry? Yeah. Um, our website is www m3ministries.org or you can go www.arentbowman.com same website it's great. not different it's uh there it brings same you the same URL. website great yep two urls um in there so you can find us on that um and then facebook it's m3 ministry 1720 based off matthew 1720 and um, otherwise, I'm blanking out on my Instagram and uh, there. <laughs> no, but if good. you go on our website, it's all attached. Uh, we also have videos um, in there. But yeah, that's where you can find our website. Great. And you also have a podcast. Um, yep. so, say a little bit about your podcast. Yep. Uh, my podcast is called Christian Vision. And the idea is it's how does scripture impact us in our lens? Um, we all get impacted by scripture. We all get impacted by the word, but even if it's the same scripture, it can be impacted in a different way. Absolutely. Yep. Matthew 17, 20, the faith, the size of mustard seed can impact someone in a completely different mindset, uh, give a different view, depending on the life you have, um, the experiences you go through. It gives you what, I, what I've been taught and what I call a different lens, or in other words, a different vision that most people or a lot of people don't experience. And what our podcast does is I, I talk or have guests on that we look at the scripture that impacts us, expand on the content, um, the chapter, the whole story of what's in the Bible, and give more of a background. But yet then how it still impacts us, how the Holy Spirit works through it. Mm-hmm. It's, yep, it's a discussion podcast. Um, it is not a preachy impact. There's jokes. There's, I think, me doing an Almo voice in one <laughs> episode. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just conversation. It's just sitting down and talking, not right. being not 
impacting. And even I would even encourage people, I don't think anyone has yet, to comment and just interact. It's it's conversation. Great. Well, thank you. And again, that's Christian Vision. You can find that on where most podcasts are found. Um, are you on Apple as well? I'm hoping eventually Apple, but otherwise we are on Spotify, um, Anchor in there. Um, otherwise, if you go Christian Vision, Aaron T. Bowman, um, yep, it pops right up. It will be me with these two glasses with Bible, different Bibles on there. Oh, that's cool. Very cool. Well, thank you so much, Aaron. Would you mind praying for our listeners and then we'll say goodbye? Yeah, absolutely. All right. God, thank you so much for this time, for your word, your impact, and just your plan for everything, the situations that we go through, or even maybe just the thoughts that we're processing now and looking for hope. We're showing that when we are searching for hope, you are just right there Mm. waiting. And even though it is a journey, it is a journey that you are included in with us. We are not alone. Even if we feel we are alone, you are right there helping us with our cross. I thank you, God. I thank you for what you've done um, with uh, Melena's podcast um, and what you're doing with both of our ministries and all of our ministries and just impacting the world. I thank you, God, and I am looking forward to what you have in store in the future. Thank you and God bless. Amen. 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 Well, thank you, Aaron. And give Claudia and Aaron my love. And I hope you have a wonderful evening. Thank you so much for joining us. Yes, thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this segment of Let's Walk It Out. This is our not season finale, but the episode before the finale. So if you enjoyed this episode or any of this season, I really encourage you to listen to next week's episode. It will be one for the books. And I just really appreciate all of your support, all of your shares, all of your words of encouragement. And I just pray that the Lord used these episodes to bless you. Aaron's story is one of faith but it's also one of very common experiences that many of us may experience in our lifetime or know someone that have experienced this. You see, our walks with God are not easy. No one ever said it was going to be easy. Just like a marriage is not going to be easy. But if we put one step in front of the other and step out in faith, the Lord will honor that and He will be faithful to us. And thankfully, even when we're not faithful, God is still faithful to us. And out of that, we know that He is good, He is God, and He is for us and not against us. So, be like Aaron today. Give Him faith, and He will give you joy. I'll see you next week.